Today's episode of Sliced is brought to you by Startup Networks. Are you tired of filling out contact forms just to get ghosted by investors? Well, Startup Networks is a platform for you. Networks is an all-in-one platform devoted to helping you get funding. With the network's innovative AI technology, founders are matched with interested investors, and investors are matched with interesting founders, all from the comfort of one easy-to-use platform. Try Networks today for free at StartupNetworks.com. That's S-T-A-R-T-U-P-N-E-T-W-O-R-X.com. I was so stressed for my personal life, like what's going to happen in my family and am I making a bad decision? And I said to Darren, I was like, if I just knew that we were going to make it, whatever that means, like I would be so much less stressed. (laughs) And so like now, you know, we get into situations where like there's huge opportunities for anxiety or bitterness and anger or whatever. And I just remind myself, like, you're going to be okay. Like, I might not know what this is going to look like next week or next year, but like, it's going to be okay. Hi, and welcome to the Sliced Podcast, where we share startup stories from founders, investors, and CEOs from across the globe. A little bit about our platform, Startup Blog Post, is that we're a community where aspiring entrepreneurs and venture capital ecosystem stakeholders can share meaningful insights, engage with colleagues and peers, and stay informed. Hi, and welcome back to the Slice Podcast. I'm your host, Emily Ahrens. Today's guest is Kirsten Moorfield, co-founder and COO of Cloverleaf. Cloverleaf is on a mission to energize the workplace with automated team coaching and integrates with communication tools, email, calendars, and Slack to improve better communication and relationships. Hi, Kirsten. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me, Emily. I'm excited to be here. Yes, so exciting. Sounds like a really positive thing that you're doing. We could all stand to be more energized. (laughs) Yes, we could. Yes, especially at work. (laughs) Yes, especially there. So I want to hear how you got to this place and how Cloverleaf came about. But I want to start back a little bit with your education. Via our research, it looks like you had quite a few interests in undergrad, sociology, economics, communications, and French. Yes. (laughs) Very fun. Was there one in particular or why all four, I guess? Um, no, that's really a great question. So I actually wanted to, initially I wanted to be a missionary. And um, so sociology, I specifically focused on global social problems, um, which was really about like, what's the history of the past like 500 years that has shaped mm-hmm. the economic situation in our world today? Like why there, why is there such disparity of where there is wealth, where there is extreme poverty, which that of course then led me into economics, which I just loved. And if I didn't have to pay for it, I would have stayed in school and double majored. I just really loved macroeconomics and the behavioral side of it. So I I would have probably studied a bunch more things if it was free. Free. (laughs) 
<laughs> or even paid me, you know? Yeah. I really love, I love learning, but um, yeah, I was just really passionate about like, why is the world the way that it is and what human behavior has got us here? Mm-hmm. And through that, I actually came to a belief that um, I don't want to be a missionary. I don't want to work for nonprofits. I think they're really good and I financially support them, but I think that business has a huge role to play. It has shaped the world mm-hmm. to, today in huge ways. And, and it is how you can like really impact a lot of things. You can impact the environment. You can impact um, the messages people receive through marketing. And you can impact people's daily lives through the employment um, that they have because, you know, we spend most of our time at work. Or for a lot of the world, people spend a lot of time at work and still don't make a living wage and then still depend on nonprofits mm-hmm. and all that. So. On a macro scale, I'm just really passionate about all of that. Um, yeah. And that's that's what I studied in college. Awesome. And so after college, you did a few things, production, marketing, Alaska excursions. Yeah. <laughs> I, I moved to Alaska right after college. Um, I followed a, a college boyfriend who was doing some mountaineering in Alaska, and I ended up doing marketing for a dog sledding company. Super fun, most beautiful That's place so in the whole fun. wide world. But then it was time to grow up. So I, I came back to Cincinnati after that. <laughs> wow, that's really cool. It's my dad's dream to go to Alaska. So It's gorgeous. I mean, yeah. really just hands down the most beautiful place I've ever seen. It's it's amazing. Oh, my gosh. Okay, I've got to get going. But I've got to get there. But that's so exciting. And so then kind of what led you to Cloverleaf? Slash, did you ever feel like maybe post-college, did you feel like you had an entrepreneurial spirit or did this just truly come out of a need? Well, so I actually, I I did not grow up like selling candy bars. Like I mm-hmm. really don't have that like typical entrepreneur. Like I was a rule follower. I was really afraid to ask for anything because I hated rejection. You know, like I really don't have that in my DNA. Um, but I'm an idealist. Um, and I started looking for a company I could go work for that I thought was helping to influence the world well. And I just couldn't find one that I thought was actually like, doing really good work and making a product people want to buy. Cause like, mm-hmm. what does it matter if you have a great mission, make but nobody money. buys your product. Right. Yeah. Right. You can't, you can't sustainably employ people. And, uh, around that time I found out that really all anybody can start a business. All you got to do is pay $150 and file an LLC and then boom, you, you've got a business. And right. like, of course there's a whole lot more to it, but there's like, it's accessible. And so mm-hmm. that's really when I got the idea. And I started working on a business plan actually for a fair trade fashion company because fashion is like a huge, huge industry. It employs 10, I think 35 million women and 2% of them make a living wage. And so I was like, that is a problem that's I'd like to solve. Yeah. So think about where you buy your clothes, people. <laughs> Look for ethical yeah. fashion. But while I was working on that business plan, I just through Old Connections got a job offer um, to work at a video production company called Epiphio. And while I was there, mm-hmm. uh, I loved it. I, I figured, you know, like, what do I know about business? Maybe I should go work for one for a little while and learn some things and then I'll start my business. And I'm really glad I did that. Um, I managed, you know, like really large clients, really small clients. I just learned so much about business. And I also managed the internal creative teams that were creating the, the video. Mm-hmm. or whatever asset we ended up creating. We did a bunch of other things too. And um, 
And, you know, we would have the same group of creatives, like there was like, I don't know, like 50 to 100 that were constantly being reorganized onto different projects. And I would see like, oh, if you put this creative director and this designer together, like they will create a stick figure video about cloud IT computing and you will cry because it's so amazing, right? Like <laughs> it was just like a masterpiece. And then you take that same designer, put them with a different creative director, and it's terrible. Like, everybody hates mm -hmm. the whole process. Like, people start disappearing. Everything's late. It's over budget. Like, and it's just a disaster of quality of product, right? And, it, you know, seeing that over and over and trying to use, like, Myers-Briggs and StrengthsFinder to help yeah. understand the people. And, and I kind of intuitively started, like, advocating for certain team makeup and all that kind of stuff. But, like... I knew that there had to be something more to that. And my co-founder, Darren, who I met there, Darren and I used to both work there. He he and I like saw this and there's so much more to the story of how it actually came about. But, um, you know, that was all happening. And then I got pregnant with my first kiddo and I was like, all right, it's time. I'm going to leave. I'm going to go start my own business. And so I yeah. get back to that like fair trade clothing business plan and I run back into Darren and he's like, what are you up to? I was like, I'm starting a business. And he said, I'm starting a business. Come along with me. This is what we're going to do. And I just thought, wow, that that really could change the world. Like, that's really, really valuable. I don't like technology. I'm not on social media. I don't own a TV. I think everyone should get rid of their TV. Your quality of life will go up. Like, I am anti <laughs> a lot of technology. But I thought, like, man, that really could change the world. And so that's kind of how I how I ultimately got started on this. That's so neat. And how long have you been doing it now? So we've been, we, that was back in 2015 and it was kind of just this side idea. We spent yeah. a couple hours here and there. We spent a couple thousand dollars building an MVP with a developer over in the Ukraine that Darren already had a relationship with. And, um, initially like thought that it was going to be a recruiting product. Like we were mm -hmm. going to help you find like, is this the right team where you're going right, to fit? Right. Right. Fit. Like mm -hmm. how do you avoid that creative director and designer misfit? Right. Right. And, um, and then, you know, a lot of feedback from potential customers and people using the MVP, we realized like, oh, they want a team building software, not a recruiting platform. Like it's not about like form the perfect team. It's about the team that you're already on. How do you improve this team and the relationships here? Mm -hmm. And so, um, and, and so like all of that was just kind of like side conversations a couple hours a week until 2017, we got into Ocean Accelerator and came full time. So that was about okay. five years ago. And in 2017, like had this like moment where I was like, we need to make something lasting, like an ongoing engagement feature in our product. What if I just started emailing people like, a, like a sentence or two about like, Hey, your Myers-Briggs is whatever. And so you are good at this. You should try this today. Right. And I was like, I'll just manually write a bunch of these emails. And oh my gosh, of course that we ended up automating it. Yeah, yeah no, like, it, we ended up automating it. Yeah. And that really became, I mean, it was just an, it was just an MVP. It was like, nobody wants more emails, but it turns out even to this day, that is just so, so beloved. People love getting those emails. And so, so we were just like this team building software in 2017, 18, we closed our first round of funding. What the heck is team building software? How do you form Google ad campaigns to get inbound leads around that? You know, like right. we just kind of were yeah. like, this is blue ocean. What are we doing? 
but we just get so much fantastic feedback from people about they loved using it, but we just could not really explain it well. So mm-hmm. that was pretty hard. Um, and then we started partnering with coaches in 2019 and that worked splendidly for us, like coaches mm-hmm. using our product with their clients and then, um, and then selling it into their clients for us. And then, um, 2020, the world goes remote and suddenly everybody really needs this tool and our sales just really picked up and, um, the whole coaching industry became really critical to helping people through the chaos of the pandemic. Right. And so that industry grows. And then we kind of, in 2021, we were just like, you know what, what we are is we're automated coaching. So we like officially put to bed the like we're an effective team software and you could like, kind of just that? really hone in on that messaging and kind of run with that branding yep exactly yeah. and so that really was a huge turning point for us um last that was just last summer um and then our our we've forexed our company the past few years year after year and um yeah that's that's the long version of, yeah. of how well, we got to be where we are. <laughs> we're we're here for the long version. And yeah. two two things. One, I am an anagram three. So I uh-huh. feel like people and even my friends and I will take those tests all the time. Yep. I can really see how those emails, painful as they were for you, I'm sure, would be really effective. It's so interesting to find out mm-hmm. like what people are because you start to read it and you're like, oh, Oh yeah, this is for sure me. This is def- this is definitely right. who I am. Right. So. Yeah. My my husband, I was always convinced he was an Enneagram one. And then he recently like took a longer assessment of it and found out he's a six and he was reading the results to me. And I was like, dang it, I live in this world and I'm still amazed. Right. And I'm like, I know you better. We've been married eight years. All I work on is Enneagram and like 16 types yeah. and all that kind of stuff. And I still am learning about you. Like they're just really insightful tools. They are. Yeah, no, so interesting. So that's the first thing. Second thing, I think it's so cool your integration with emails and calendars and Slack. Was yeah. that a later feature that you guys rolled out or was that always part of the plan was to have this integration for people? Yeah, no, that was always part of the plan. Like come to people where they're working cuz again, right. I don't like technology. I definitely don't believe people are going to wake up in the morning and think, "You know what I need is a fresh dose of coaching. Let me go log in." You know? Right. Like yeah. no, we need to come to people. They're really busy and, right. and we can see like through those integrations, we know who's on your calendar, who are you going to meet with, who do you need to learn better persuasion tactics with, right? Like, mm-hmm. um, and, and those integrations really allow us to do just that, come right to you with the right information you need about the people that you depend on to do good right. work. Yeah. I, I mean, I love that. How did you come up with the name Cloverleaf? Oh gosh, back in like the early days of like on a napkin, you know, like we would, we would always make this Venn diagram of like, you know, people are, um, they get placed in work. Cause again, we thought we would be recruiting, right. People get placed in jobs really mostly based on their skill. And they'll like look on the website about like, Hey, what's the culture of this company? Mm -hmm. Um, and so, you know, those are two circles like skill and the culture fit. And then there's also like, what about people's unique personalities? Like they Mm -hmm. fit in in different ways, right? And so it was like these three concentric circles or Venn diagram that we would put together. And um, after a lot of doing that to explain what we were doing, uh, one of our 
old coworkers who also was an early, early co-founder. He's since moved on, but he was an early, early co-founder with us. He just like drew a stem on it one day and was like, it's a clover leaf. <laughs> like, and this is what we are. Genius. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Love it. Sometimes yeah. the best ideas are the most simple. Yeah, very um, simple. <laughs> so the company is built on, built on the need to, and, you know, re-energizing people in the workplace. How do you personally energize yourself throughout a workday? Mm. Yeah, that's really good. Actually, so actually our mission statement is to unleash people to do their best work. We believe like everyone has a unique skill set, gifting, and what energizes them. That mm -hmm. is huge. It's like, what is energizing to you? Um, and so I think part of that is paying attention to like what actually holds you back. Like where do you feel limitations and self limitations mm -hmm. really play into this a lot. Um, so I think getting to under for me personally, like understanding my own strengths and weaknesses. And I really like how Marcus Buckingham, who's one of the founders of strengths finder. I really like how he explains it. A strength is something that gives you strength. Mm -hmm. A weakness is something that like, takes away your strength, right? Like that you, mm -hmm. you can do it. Like I, I have zero strengths in detail orientation, but I will go through the legal documents and find all the details. Like I can do it. I just will be so drained after it. Right. right. <laughs> right. Um, and so I think like years of building that self-awareness of like, where really are the things that energize me, the things that strengthen me and what are the ones that don't. And then trying to, um, trying to build a balance for that. And really like it's the first like four years of working on Cloverleaf, especially the first three years was mostly things I loathed doing, but I saw mm -hmm. a light at the end of the tunnel where I was, mm -hmm. we were going to grow the business to a point where I could hire people to do those things, right. and, like run payroll and all of that kind of yeah. stuff, file our taxes. And, and then I would, I would be able to get to where we are today. Um, and so I think like having that, that hope, that light at the end of the tunnel and that clear vision for what I really care about is, is mm -hmm. actually the biggest thing that energized me to get through those days. And even now, like really it is the vision. I'm very excited about the opportunity we're sitting on, the timing in the market, like all that kind of stuff. I just, I just get really excited about it. Yeah. Um, but it's different for different people. A lot of people don't see the crazy vision I see. And so I, I try to find different ways to help energize them, right? Yeah. yeah, exactly. So you mentioned early on when you said you didn't feel like you had this real entrepreneurial spirit or the story that some other people have. And you mentioned not liking rejection, which I think is a fair statement. Yes. I'm curious, what has your experience been like fundraising and maybe receiving rejection early on or how, what was that experience like for you? Yeah. So I, when we raised our first round of funding through 2017 and closed early 18, um, Darren and I did the whole thing together. I was really involved and I I, it is the quintessential like roller coaster, right? Highest highs, lowest lows. I loved it. You learn, you meet so many people, you learn so many perspectives. I hated it because everyone mm -hmm. has an opinion about your business that they have five minutes of context on and they don't really yeah. actually know what you're, you know what I mean? Right. And then you get the, I, the rejections are like, oh, you're just too early. Like, what does that mean? Can you give me <laughs> like, cause now, you know, you know, like exactly. Like we still get that same reasoning now, like five years mm -hmm. later, way, way like fantastic revenue, like hit all the milestones and people still like have a conversation about, oh, you're just too early. Like, what does that mean? Um, yeah. 
But I would say like, I, I actually really, really enjoy the process of fundraising. The rejection in the early days was crushing. Mm-hmm. Um, but the more that you get rejected, the more you're not afraid of it. Right. And it's manageable. Yeah. And yeah. also like we have landed amazing partners over the years. And I recognize like you got to get through the 99 rejections to find that really good, mm-hmm. awesome partner. Mm-hmm. It's just part of the process. I don't, yeah. I don't think anyone enjoys that part of the process, but it just is, you know? Yeah. What's a piece of advice you wish you would have known when you were starting out? And, and what would you tell somebody who's maybe just starting out now? Um, I wish I would have known it's going to be okay. Like I remember sitting in the car with Darren, like we were driving to probably pitch somebody again in 2017. We had no income, right? Like that's so hard. <laughs> that's oh just really God. hard to have no money, right? And I had to pay childcare, you know, all that kind of stuff. Like yeah. kids aren't cheap. And just, I was so stressed for my personal life. Like what's mm-hmm. going to happen in my family and am I making a bad decision? And I said to Darren, I was like, if I just knew that we were going to make it, whatever that means, like I would be so much less stressed. (laughs) Yeah. And so like now, you know, we get into situations where like there's huge opportunities for anxiety or bitterness and anger or whatever. And I just remind myself like, you're going to be okay. Like I might not know Mm -hmm. what this is going to look like next week or next year, but like, it's going to be okay. Like, right. I You're have five actually, years in and it's been okay. Yeah. It's you know? been okay. Yeah. Yeah. And the thing is like, if you don't give up, the business goes on. So as long as you continue mm-hmm. working on it, mm-hmm. like you're going to be okay. You will find a way. You really will. Yeah. Can you recall a particular obstacle you know, maybe in the beginning, maybe recently, where you were like, how are we going to overcome this? And then how you ultimately did overcome it? I mean, I think really the biggest ones are around capital. Like it mm-hmm. fundraising, yes, is always anxiety inducing, especially like the longer it goes on. <laughs> yeah. Um, and And being, we're in Cincinnati, Ohio. There is not a lot there's not a very well established ecosystem here not a lot of capital not a lot of talent that knows how to do what we're doing and um and so not a lot of great leadership mentorship examples any of that kind of stuff and right. we can't pay market rate and you know what i mean like there that's just like huge constant 5 year obstacle <laughs> yeah yeah and I mean, I think how you get over it is like relationships. It really is so much to do with the people. Like our people are committed to our mission as a company. And Mm -hmm. that is amazing. We have a phenomenal team. And the fact that like those relationships are so strong is critical. And like, uh, like all the other obstacles that I can think of, of like, you know, like, when we got a term sheet and then like lost a big client immediately after, and then it put everything in jeopardy. Like, will we lose the term sheet? And will we, you know, all that, like all that comes to like relationships. Like how are you building the relationships with those investors? How are you building relationships with your people? 
how are you building relationships with vendors and partners when you can't make the payment and you, you know, Mm -hmm. like you don't know what you're doing and like all that kind of stuff. Like long-winded way of just saying like, there's no shortage of obstacles and relationships are really like ultimately the way that we, that we work through it. If like given the opportunity, if you could go back and redo anything, something in the journey thus far, would you, or or do you feel that it, it kind of brought you to where you are now? I mean, I think that every entrepreneur can look back and say like, oh, now that I know this, like right. now that I know we went through a global pandemic, what I would have done, you know what I mean? Yeah. But like you only know those things because of what you tried. Like right. I think I would – like I, I would like to say that I would trust my intuition more and I wouldn't have done certain things. But like I learned those lessons because I did them, you know? Right. Yeah. And you wouldn't know otherwise. Like it's kind of – it's a catch-22. And know? it's hard because you're constantly getting other people's advice all along the way, especially if you're looking for outside like mentorship, partnership, Mm -hmm. investment, all of that kind of stuff. You're going to get so much advice that you can't follow. Like you can't possibly do it all. Right. Right. One of the things actually that we were told, have always been told is like, you're serving businesses and you're serving coaches. Like that's, you're like vertical and your horizontal SaaS. Like you got a lot going on. You need to focus, just like slim it down and focus. Right. But we didn't follow that advice. And a lot of times I was like, Darren, we should probably follow that advice. Like we have like four engineers and like we can't possibly execute on it. Everyone's like, don't boil the ocean. But Darren had a strong conviction and I'm really glad that we didn't follow that advice, right? Mm -hmm. So like, because it ultimately, I think it made us grow a little slower at first, but now we're like our growth rate is huge because of it, right? So like every entrepreneur is going to, have our own messy journey of how we learn our hard lessons and also like follow our intuition or don't. Um, and, and that gets us to where we are. Yeah. If you weren't a founder today and you, and you weren't with Cloverleaf, mm-hmm. what do you think mm-hmm. you would be doing? Not in Alaska still. So I, I would probably be running a fair trade clothing company. Yeah. That's <laughs> what I set out to do twice. Right. <laughs> so maybe that's next. <laughs> yeah, that's actually a good question. Do you feel like now that you've done the founder thing, you can you are an entrepreneur, do you see yourself doing this again? Or can you really yeah. not think that far yet? Oh no, I'm definitely in You're it there for the life. Like I um I, 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 when I look at, like, when I step back and I look at my life, like, I just am like, this is divine. Like, God mm-hmm. has me on a path because mm-hmm. I have unique, like, strategic passions about the globe mm-hmm. <laughs> and economies. And I, the older I get, the more I'm like, that's weird. Why was I thinking about that when I was 12? Nobody else thinks about that when they're 12, you know? Yeah. And I recognize, like, okay, that's really unique. And then when I look at the times, like the things that I have tried to do in my life and then been rerouted, like by external circumstances, I'm like, you know what? I think that ultimately God has me on a path to see that technology has a huge role to play in these unique things that I really have a vision for. And I don't know exactly what that's going to look like, but Mm -hmm. I really think it's amazing how in the like 
venture backed world, there is such an incredible community. Like we are mm-hmm. closing funding. We got multiple term sheets. And so we were put into the beautiful position of actually choosing our partner, right? Like that's amazing. amazing. Yeah. And so I like go on LinkedIn and I just search for founders who are connected to these different investment firms. I linked in them. I make up their email, like first name at companyname.com. And I send like cold emails out. And so many of them quickly respond, immediately jump on the phone. And I'm just like, this is so generous of you to offer your time to a stranger. And they're like, oh no, founders, we get it. We've all suffered so much. Like we will (laughs) always be available to each other. Right. And so like things like that, I'm like, wow, there's something to this like venture-backed world that builds a strong global network where people are really available to each other and the connections can happen really quickly. And like, I I don't know what that's going to lead to. Maybe I'll be a venture capitalist for like um, businesses with, with a social impact, or maybe I'll start one. Like, I don't, maybe Mm -hmm. I'll do blockchain for the supply chain. Although Mm -hmm. I welcome anybody else to do that before me. I know there's already (laughs) efforts there. Like, there's just great things that technology can do to fight global slavery and to bring better equality and mm-hmm. um, to empower businesses to have transparent supply chains and like to not be killing the environment as much and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So I, I don't know exactly what's next, but I definitely know like a great story is forming and yeah. it's currently in the making and, yeah. and I'm excited to be along for the ride. I love that attitude and that outlook. And, you know, for you personally, how do you measure success? Um, I think one of the biggest things is how much eye contact do I have with my husband and my kids? Like, it's really easy to overlook that and get really busy and in my head. So mm-hmm. I think that is always a huge success metric to me is like, did I mm-hmm. get down on the floor and make eye contact with my children today? <laughs> um, and I think, an, I don't know. I, I think like I, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I like being on a mission that matters and like yeah. helping to impact people, create meaningful work for people. I definitely am only driven if people are being positively impacted. Like I, mm-hmm. one of my favorite things to do is customer interviews. I just, I get high off of them. They're just so great to hear how people <laughs> yeah. are like learning about themselves, and benefiting. benefiting, building better relationships, like mm-hmm. overcoming conflict, like all that kind of stuff. So yeah, I guess I would just say like making the world a better place. That's really That's big. great. No, it's great. It's great. And that is what you guys are, you know, doing. So I think it's mm-hmm. great. Well, to close us out, could you describe your entrepreneurial journey thus far in just one word? Oh my gosh. <laughs> one word. Whatever comes to mind. Um, exposing. Mm. It is so exposing of your heart and your mind and where you place your like security. Mm -hmm. Um, so we talked about rejection. My immediate natural response is bitterness and anger F bombs. And like, I'll show you, which is like Mm -hmm. not a beautiful response. Right. (laughs) And like, um, my first response when like things are unstable is I worry about like 
how will I provide for my family? Even when that's a totally illogical concern, <laughs> like mm-hmm. the business is thriving and I just had one bad day, you know, like, yeah. and so it's just very exposing of what's really going on in your heart and mind. And it's a constant opportunity to like allow that cycle to go down or up. Like you can either become more bitter, anger, insecure, or you can mm-hmm. become more like calm, trusting, like, right. um, steady. Yeah. Awesome. Well, is there anything else you want to add about yourself, about Cloverleaf, anything at all? Um, I love what you're doing, Emily, because oh. I like going through the, especially the earliest days, but always like it's, it's an adventure with a lot of trials, um, starting a business and going through it. Like we have found a lot of solace in like how I built this and startup podcasts and he- talking to other entrepreneurs and hearing their stories. And so I hope that what you're doing inspires more people to start businesses or if they're already in it, like to continue the battle because it's hard, but it's worth it. Because ultimately, like business is how you can have one of the greatest impacts on people, like through your products, through the Mm -hmm. culture you create, like employment, all of that kind of stuff, relationships with vendors, all that. So, um, so yeah, definitely. I'm super passionate about that. I hope more people join, join the battlefield and start good businesses. Yeah. And then, um, if anybody wants help with uh, working with people and what would like to experience, what is automated coaching? How can you actually learn how to better resolve conflict with people and persuade certain people and just work through your different styles so you can accomplish great work together? You can go to cloverleaf.me and you can sign up for a free account, start a free trial. Awesome. Thank you so much. This was really great. I so appreciate your time and hearing more about your story. And I know our listeners will too. So thank you so much. Awesome. Thank you, Emily. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Sliced Podcast. If you're interested in sponsoring an episode of Sliced, please email newsroom at startupblogpost.com and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook.